0: Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry
1: leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now here's your host, Tom Singer. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Making Waves at Sea Level. That's right. We have been doing this podcast for over seven years, over 700 episodes. And today, we've got a topic that I don't know that we've talked about before. We're going to talk about getting more done with less. And let's face it, over the last couple of years, yes, some companies have thrived and said the pandemic was the best thing that ever happened. We printed money as if we were a printing press and money just it's falling out of the air conditioner vents. But that wasn't really true for a lot of people. A lot of people had to pare back. We had to deal with things. We had to buy equipment to send home to our employees. There's been a lot going on. And sometimes people feel like, wow, there's a lot to get done. We've lost some employees. There's a great resignation. How do we get it all done? Well, I brought you an expert who is going to talk to us about just exactly how you can do that. Today's guest is my friend, Carolyn Strauss. Carolyn, welcome to Making Waves at Sea Level.
0: Thanks, Tom. And I took my um, Dramamine, so I won't get seasick. So let's nice, go.
1: Nice. Nothing like playing with that making waves at sea level <laughs> analogy. I like that. I like that. It's a Sometimes people throw a little nautical and sea jokes at me. I don't get it. We could tell the starfish story. You know, hey, I made a difference to just that one. No, because I will I will hang up. <laughs> I know, I know. Nobody else listening. If you're not a professional speaker and not a member of the National Speakers Association, that was just a very inside joke. So now I have to let everybody in. And that um, is many of you have probably heard the much overtold story about a little boy on the beach throwing starfish into the water. An old cynical man comes by and goes, Dude. There's too many of them. The sun's going to kill them all. You can't save them all. And the little boy picks up a starfish. He kisses it neatly on one of its arms, throws it into the water. And as it goes, splash, he turns to the old man and goes, I made a difference to that one. Yeah, it's a really cute story. But what happened in the 90s is every speaker in the world decided to tell it. And now it's kind of considered a joke of a speaker who doesn't have their own material. So there you go. That was the starfish story and why we told it.
0: So let's make a difference now to one business because right. this will make a difference That's to it. that one. That's right.
1: This podcast may not matter today. We can't save everybody, <laughs> but dang it, we can make a difference to just that one. Mwah, splash. All right, before we get started, this is the problem with interviewing your friends. You go down lots of tangents. All right, before we get started, I have to thank the first sponsor of this show. So today's episode is brought to you by Stanton Chase International, one of the leading global executives, executive search firms serving as trusted advisors to help companies build their senior leadership teams. And if your senior leadership team has a hole in it, maybe your CFO left or your CMO, shoot, you need a new CEO. You probably need to look at using an executive search firm because you want to have the best and most diverse slate of candidates, which means you really should be talking to Stanton Chase International because they're going to be able to help you achieve what you need. Now, I'm a little biased because I work with Stanton Chase International. So call me and I will hook you up with the best person for your industry to find that key team member so that your company will thrive. All right. So today, Carolyn is going to join us and talk about how do we get more done with less? And you're thinking, who is Carolyn Strauss? Unless you already know her, because if you know her, you think she's pretty cool. However, for those of you who don't know her, she is a speaker and a master of ceremonies. So she does exactly what I do. She'd tell you she does it better, but whatever. And she has been doing this for a long, long time. And she works with companies helping them figure out how do we get more done in a situation where we have maybe less to work with. And she knows firsthand because here's the thing about Carolyn Strauss. She actually ran a multi-million dollar clothing company for 18 years, and sometimes it was Thrive, and sometimes it was, ah! So she knows, because she's an entrepreneur, that sometimes you got to make tough decisions. So, Carolyn, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks, Tom. Wow, longest introduction ever.
1: That's right. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you next week on Making Waves at Sea Level. No, 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 we got to talk about this. So, lots of stuff has gone on. And now that things are going on, how in the world can a company get more done and grow if they're feeling the pinch of maybe having a little bit of less of something?
0: So I say there are three things that any company needs to do is figure out what kind of a company are you? First of all, who are you? Who do you serve? What do you do? And getting really clear about that and also knowing what kind of company are you? Are you a customer centric company? Are you a product leader company or are you an operational excellence company? And if you ask everybody in your organization, which of those three you are, you are going to get All three answers. And as a company, you cannot serve your customers if you don't know what kind of company you are. So when I had my clothing company, so I had the third largest clothing company on the Home Shopping Network for 18 years. We had one client. We sold... 10 to 20 million dollars worth of product to the home shopping network every year and then i went on tv and i sold it when i was there i was very clear that i was not an operational excellence company because that's a company that can do the same thing over and over again at a low cost that was not us because we worked in stretchy fabric and if you've ever tried to sew a stretchy fabric no two are going to be exactly alike so i've I've actually never
1: i have never tried to sew stretchy fabric, but it's good to know that if I attempt that, they're going to come out different
0: it's not easy right then then there's the customer centric meaning you do you will bend over backwards like the Four Seasons Hotels my favorite example of a a customer centric company because they will do anything for you if you're a guest at their hotel I was there once years ago and I got the flu and in the middle of the night I called down to the concierge and the concierge went to the drugstore for me and got cold medicine that is not in their job description but that was what they do so that's customer centric the other kind of company is product leader do you create something that everybody else is saying we should do that now and people are copying you so figuring out what kind of company you are most companies don't take the time to do that the second thing that a company needs to do is figure out what are your resources and there are three types of resources there are your physical resources, there are your human resources, and then there are your intangible resources. And that's the one that most people miss. So, Tom, can you think of an intangible resource that a company might have?
1: Uh, their brand.
0: Yes, their reputation in the marketplace.
1: Whew, that was a total <laughs> guess.
0: I'm very proud of you, right? They've got their brand. They've got their reputation in the marketplace. You've got your ability to get credit. You've got your relationships with your legal team. I mean, all of these are things that companies don't think about as a resource that they have, and then they're not looking at how are they allocating their tangible resources because if you have a certain amount of trucks. And right now, I don't know if you um, have been, I don't know if you're a John Oliver fan, but I watched the John Oliver, you know, show on, on HBO. He, I, I, I'm a huge fan of his show. And um, last week tonight, and I was watching it and it was talking about the trucking industry. Oh, there was that episode Oh my gosh, I had no idea. Not only is the supply chain a challenge right now, but the trucking industry is just completely messed up. So if you're looking at your resources, do you have the resources if you have a physical product to transport it to your buyers and to your customers?
1: Well, and then, and, that's, and that's actually a problem that professional speakers have because the airlines are canceling all the flights. So our product is ourselves and we yes. can't transport it to our clients to deliver the service.
0: And the cost
1: of transporting it. I just bought a ticket to go to Boston
0: in June. And that ticket went We used to be, you know, five hundred, six hundred dollar tickets. I'm based in Denver. It was a $1,300 ticket because apparently every human on the planet is either getting married or graduating the first weekend of June in Boston. So every flight, the rental car was $1,000 for the week, Tom.
1: So that was the thing I found because I was traveling during the pandemic. I know, bad citizen. And when I would, like, we had to move a kid into college in September of 2020. And people, like, the college said, just put your kid on a plane. They can take a bus two and a half hours to Hanover. And it was like, yeah, that's not what we're doing. And so we flew her. We rented a car. And the car cost as much as two of our three tickets. It was well over $1,000 for three days because, of course, at that time, two years ago, a year and a half ago, they had sold all their cars because nobody was traveling. And then I showed up going, I want to rent a car. So, yes, it's crazy, the 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 cost. And yet at the same time, I bought a flight the other day to Los Angeles on Southwest for 80 bucks each way. So you never know. <gasps> you never know.
0: It, it, it Really? But that that's one of our resources, right? So what's costing you more? So how can you do more with less? That's really what we're looking at. Which of your people, so when we talk about your human resources, which of your people have more capacity than, than you are knowing that they have and which of them are at capacity at burnout. And if they're at burnout, it's possible because they're doing work that's not in their zone of genius. That's not what they're best at doing, or they're doing it a way that you want them to do it and not in a way that will serve you or your company. So there's a lot of reevaluating going on. And the other thing that I've been teaching and preaching over the past year is that this is the time this is probably the best time that's ever existed in the world of business to make changes in your company because everybody's lives have been changed i mean they've been capsized going back to our sea level conversation right (laughs) the world has been capsized
1: the storm came in the the waves have been hitting the beach really hard yeah i got it
0: yes and so nothing looks the way it did Two years ago, I mean, we don't look the way we did two years ago. Oh, no, because
1: I put I'm on fifteen pounds. Find, yeah,
0: I'm hoping to find a doctor to smooth things out for me, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> so, what I what 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 I'm saying is, this is the time that if you want to make changes in your business, this is the time to do it. But you've got to be crystal clear on what changes you want to make and why you want to make them.
1: All right, so there's a lot of stuff that's come down. So I want to go backwards. So first of all, you got to decide what type of company you are. But something you said is if you interview all your people, they might say other things. Like some people say, oh, we're operational experts. Uh, Others say, no, no, we're customer centric. And somebody else says, no, we are the product leader. If you're getting different answers from inside the company, can you be all three?
0: No, you can't possibly be all three. Now, you've got to have aspects of all three, right? You've got to be able to serve your customers. You've got to be able to get the work done in an operational way. And you've got to have something that people want to
1: buy. Right, and and we all saw we all saw the Netflix thing about the clothing company where customers weren't really what they cared about, nor nor was actually, nor nor was really being any of they. I don't think they were any three of the three. So it's like,
0: right, but but you've got to have one primary. um, They call it the value disciplines of a company. There's got to be one that is your primary. And if you ask your sales people, I guarantee they're going to say you're customer centric. And if you ask your operations people, they're going to tell you their operations. And as Speakers, we think we're all of them. No, look, I'm not a product leader. I used to think so my clothing company was a product leader company because other people were trying to copy the designs and the way that we created clothing. That was that was our goal is always to do something different than other people were doing. Yay. Look, i I'm a good speaker. I'm darn good. I've got my CSP. I'm very proud of the work that I do.
1: CSP is the Certified Speaking Professional designation. And of all the speakers out there, only about a thousand in the world actually have the Certified Speaking Professional designation. And I actually, several years ago, was having coffee with Carolyn when she got her email saying you're in. Yes,
0: (laughs) we were in Austin having coffee. Yes, we were. That's.
1: And I I was already in, so it was okay.
0: I know that's why I want to be you when I grow up, Tom. Um, but, but um, I totally forgot where I was going with that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, as a speaker, look, I'm good. I'm really good. But am I the best? No. I mean, I know people who are like probably better than I am. So I'm not a product leader. Operational excellence. Seriously, I forget to send invoices to people. I am not an operational person. All right, everybody, you hear
1: that? You might get a free speaker if you hire (laughs) Carolyn Stress because she might forget to invoice you.
0: It's so true. I just got a 1099. It's tax time like this week. And I just I realized that I was missing a 1099 from one of my clients. And I sent her a note. She's like total oversight. I'll get it to her. And I I said thank you but an operational excellence person uh, company would have that together But for me, I am now 100% customer-centric. So when I'm emceeing an event like you do, Tom, I mean, I'm in the conversations about the run of show and how the speakers want to be introduced and do they need a teleprompter and what kind of furniture do we want on the stage and who's coming in and out and where. I am completely customer-centric. When I work with an organization, I make sure what is the problem, what are the challenges that they're having? And do I know enough to help them solve it, not to solve it myself, that's not my job, but to help them solve it. And if I don't, who do I know that I can bring into their organization?
1: All right. So companies have to get clear on which one of those they are. Then what do they do with that knowledge?
0: Then you tell everybody what it is that you do. Then you let every you let your customers know. So the people the customers who think you're customer centric and think if you're a plumbing company you're going they're going you're going to install their bathroom floor as well as fit their plumbing, tell them no. Once you get clear of what kind of of company you are, you can say no to the work that does not move your business forward. Awesome. So that's why that's important.
1: All right, the second thing you talked about was the different type of assets, the physical assets, the human, the intangible. So so what? We all have some of those. What do we do with them?
0: Um, are you allocating them properly to get the results that you're looking for? Probably so we not. Really, right. So we really want to look at, you know, the, the your most intangible resource clearly is your time. So we look at where are you allocating your time and is it the most valuable place to put it? Look, I've spent, I spent an hour before we got on here, Tom, just between you and me trying to figure out how to record a webinar for a client. So it's a program that I've already done. And now I owe them a webinar, you know, that they can put on in their library. And I just spent more than an hour researching how to, to record it in Cam- in Camtasia, where I fade in and out, the slides move the way I need them to move, and then the closed captioning will go away. It won't go away. Is that the best use of my time? Absolutely not. Is this a project that I need to get done? Yes. Is it? Does technology make me nuts? Yes. If you're looking for a technology speaker, don't call me, <laughs>
1: <laughs> please. Although you might get her for free. So, so whatever. So, so, all right. So, so you figure out then those things of where your assets are, how to, how to, how to allocate them. And then you said it's the best time to make changes. What kind of changes should a company be making right now?
0: Anything. You want to launch a new product. You decide that this, that's who you are now. My favorite line, and it came from a speaker friend of ours that I got many, many, many years ago is let me tell you how we work. I have never heard a line that is more appropriate in business than when you're working with your employees, your team members, your new customers, a new potential customer. You say to them, let me tell you how we work and then tell them exactly how you work, because nobody can come back on that line and say, no, no, no.
1: (laughs) You You don't don't work that way.
0: That's right. You don't do it that way. No, I do do it that way. We work that way is is that something that you're comfortable with and if they say no you say great next it's like dating dating is like shoe shopping right you try them on you find the ones that look the best and are most comfortable and that's the one that you stick with at least for a while <laughs> it's like it's it's like in business you know talk to people and if they don't fit let them go
1: interesting all right so i've got more questions for you on this idea but first i've got to thank the other sponsor of this episode So this episode, like all of them, is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to assure you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing people who are making waves in business like Carolyn Strauss. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. And I got to say, thanks, Podfly. We are seven and a half years that we've been working together on this program, and I couldn't do it without them. All right. So, Carolyn, there's all these changes going on, and a lot of companies are still struggling. Employees don't want to come back to the office and maybe the boss wants them back in the office. Maybe their revenue is down. We don't we don't hear a lot about it, but there's a lot of companies that are still struggling trying to recover from two years that might have been soft. So maybe they have to make some serious changes. It's not just launching a new product. Maybe they have right. to downsize. Maybe they have to get rid of product lines. Is now a good time to do that? It is
0: if you're clear about what you can accomplish by making that change now. I would say that we can plan only about a year to 18 months out, but we can forecast three to five years out. So looking at what is the next 12 to 18 months look like, maybe you do need to cut back a little bit to regroup to reposition yourself in the marketplace, to um, reconnect with all of those customers and clients that you may have forgotten about. I mean, I have an exercise that I do when I work with with my C-suite executives, when I do programs for C-suites, and I do um, an ROI map where we look at all of the people that have been and all the customers that have been in our world over the past couple of years and how much time and attention are you giving to them and do you need to shift where you're putting your time, your attention, your focus, and your resources. So I think it's so important to look at, okay, what is going to serve us in the next 12 to 18 months to actually get to a place where we can breathe again. And that's Thomas for those companies that really did have a horrible time. I mean, my heart goes out to the restaurant industry. My goodness. I mean, I don't know if you've been in New York City lately. I lived in New York for 20 years. And I would say a third of my favorite restaurants that used to be there are no longer in business. It's painful and horrible. So the ones that do are left have to get better. So that they can maintain.
1: And a lot of using the restaurant business as an example, we have a pizza place in our neighborhood. And and it's not my favorite pizza place, but it's twice as close to the house as my favorite pizza place. (laughs) And they used to deliver. And now, and that's another reason I liked them is I didn't have to drive. And now they stop delivery because they can't get delivery people. They're having trouble staffing. So the other night, my daughter was visiting from her college. She had spring break. And so she was in from New Hampshire. And we have to see grandpa, right? So, okay, we got to do something. So we had grandpa come over to the house. And instead of cooking, we said, we'll just go out to this little Italian pizza place. So we drive over there with grandpa. And there's no cars in the parking lot. You know why? They're closed on Monday now. And so I walked up to make sure it wasn't just like... Maybe their food sucked and nobody was there anymore. No, the door was locked and there was a note that said, we are now closed on Monday due to staffing issues. We'll reopen on Mondays once we can. So what do restaurants do? I mean, you know, they're dealing with less bodied people to to flip the dough and deliver the pizzas and serve the drinks. How do they get by?
0: Okay, you're, I'm, I hate this answer, but I'm going to give it to you. This is where technology is going to shift things. I saw a story the other day on the news about um a company that has created a way for drive-through restaurants to have people taking orders from anywhere in the country. And then the order definitely gets back to the, to the restaurant. So that's one less person you have. You don't have to have somebody taking the orders on site anymore. And you don't have to have somebody there full time. You could staff it through having somebody only answer your drive through for two hours at lunchtime, let's say, or two hours at dinner time. So, I'm gonna say, and now they have those robots who deliver food in some restaurants. I personally haven't experienced that, but it looks interesting. That may have to happen. And there I have have you ever had a, a drink mixed by a robot bartender?
1: Uh, yeah, and there's now this new trend of drinks on tap, right? It's like it's yep. a, a, a mixed drinks just like a beer.
0: Yep. I mean, you know, the bartender doesn't have the flexibility of, you know, if you're cute like you are, Tom, you know, give you an extra shot of vodka in there. But I think restaurants are going to have to look at shifting the technology. I think everything is. And now what's interesting is Uber and Lyft, even though they were completely disruptive to their industry, to the taxi industry, they're having to reassess because the cost of gas is now $5 a gallon and you can't get people to drive anymore because it's not worth it. So how are they going to shift how they do business? How many electric non-driver cars are we going to have on the road?
1: So that's another interesting thing because now, I mean, I got by 2019, so I do some stand up comedy when I travel. And if I was in Denver, I would find where is an open mic night in Denver. And as long as it was within like a 15 minute Uber ride, I would just go. Now, in years past, I couldn't go out to some bar that was on the outskirts of town because I'd never get a taxi back. But with Uber, it was great because you could always get a taxi back. Well, now, if you go out to the outskirts of town, you might not be able to get an Uber back to town because there's just not as many drivers as there were in 2019. So, you know, where Uber had been this great ability to get around, now it's not. And I had a friend during South by Southwest, their Uber ride to go 10 miles was 90 bucks because of surge pricing.
0: I got to Cleveland. I was working in Cleveland a couple of weeks ago. My plane landed at 1130. There was not one driver, Uber or Lyft, anywhere within 30 minutes of the airport to go to a downtown hotel. So, no, the world is still changing. So if you want to make changes in your business, this is the time to do it because you still can.
1: All right. So before we go, yeah. what what one thing do you want to share with every executive who, who is listening about how to get more done with less? What do, What do you wish everybody knew that you know they just don't know?
0: You need to have more fun. Seriously, first of all, you need to listen to my podcast, Another Day Above Ground, which is the podcast for by and about baby boomers. Um, It's funny, and Tom's been on it. So,
1: so it's about it's for baby boomers, and it's called Another Day Above Ground, which just reminds baby boomers the clock is (laughs) ticking. It is as 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 Generation X. We didn't hate the baby boomers nearly as much as the millennials hated the baby boomers, (laughs) but we always knew you were old, and now it's just coming true.
0: Well, I'm not actually a baby boomer. I'm at least 49 forever. Um, but no, what, what can I tell people? Okay, get really clear about who you serve, why you do what you do, and let everybody in your organization know that what they're doing serves a purpose, that what you're providing to the marketplace serves a purpose, and that they can't just go buy it from somebody else. Because if what you're providing, they can get anywhere else, you might have to rethink it because why bother doing something that everybody else is doing? Ooh,
1: Fascinating. All right, Carolyn, if someone's listening to this and they're like, I must know more about Carolyn Strauss, how do they find you?
0: Well, my dating profile. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and make sure you swipe right, not left or she'll, get, she'll find you.
0: <laughs> Carolyn at carolynstrauss.com is my email and, or just go to my website,
1: dot com. She snuck an, ex- an extra S on the end of Strauss, so that's good. There's two. All right. Well, there's, there's three. There's right. one at the there's beginning. There's one at the beginning. beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. All right, Carolyn, it was fun to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being a guest here on Making Waves at Sea Level. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. I say it every show. If it wasn't for the audience, why would we do this? We are now well over 700 episodes, and we're not stopping anytime soon. We'll be back with somebody just as cool as Carolyn in a couple of days, and you're thinking, what? How will you find somebody that cool? Well, we're going to do it, and we do it every single week. So make sure you tune in, and do me a big favor. Yes, I want you to go leave those fancy reviews on Apple, on Stitcher, on Spotify, heck, wherever you get your podcast joy. But more importantly, tell some friends about the podcast. Every time I talk to somebody who listens, I say, how did you find my show? It always seems to be word of mouth. So don't forget, word of mouth marketing is still as strong as it's ever been. Heck, maybe stronger. And when it comes to podcasts, it's a really important deal. So go out there, have some fun in business, make some waves, and have a great day.
0: Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.